catch some quality Z's. Zequel Pure Z's Restorative Herbal Sleep is a melatonin-free sleep supplement made with a botanical blend that contains clinically studied and effective valerian root, hops, and passion flower shown to help promote better restorative sleep. Learn more at zequel.com. Fuzzy is a telehealth service that offers 24-7 personalized care from veterinary professionals. Get a free 7-day trial plus $20 off any of your pet's product needs, pet meds, supplements, food, and more. Go to yourfuzzy.com AMR and use promo code AMR to get started. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. Join today at thrivemarket.com AMR to get 40% off your first order and a free gift. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined by Amanda Loudon. Hello, Amanda. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? Oh, it goes. It goes very well. Very well. I wanted to um, tell you and the and the listeners. Um, I have been getting some just lovely condolence notes um, from members of the AMR community about the recent death of my 95 year old mother, and I want to say thank you for that. And, um, I know you could relate because of, um, how long ago was it that you lost, you lost your parents in kind of within a year of each other? 2017. Yeah. One at the beginning, one at the end. Yeah. So four and five years. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, so yeah, so these cards, um, I mean, I've gotten some from, uh, Bammers that I know either through our retreats or through some relay races that we used to do back in the day. And then I got two this week from podcast listeners who I've never met in real life. Um, yeah. Oh my goodness. So uh, it's woman, Emily and the woman, Mary and Mary even included this dragonfly charm keychain that related to this amazingly dear card that she sent. And I just, I'm so incredibly touched and moved by all the support and sympathy um, it just, I love things that reaffirm my faith in humanity. And these most definitely did that. Yes. That's so nice. Mm-hmm. I always find it's, it's the, the kindness of not quite strangers that mm-hmm. like, it really touches me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I remember like after my mom passing, there was a woman kind of across the street from me who I, you know, I knew her to say hi on the street and everything, but somehow word got to her and, you know, and she walked up to me and gave me her condolences and a hug. And I just fell apart because it was just so sweet coming from someone who, mm-hmm. you know, is like in the periphery of your life. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it also um, it made me feel good that, um, that I had shared stories about my mother and, and some of the um, notes hearken to the memories I'd shared of my father who died in 2018. And, um, and just knowing that, I shared that and that, that, um, like that the memories meant enough to me that I prompted to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's nice to know that I haven't done a revisionist history of like, Oh, I really, I loved my parents so much and they meant so much to me and played a big part. And da-da. it's like, Oh, they did. They did. They do. Um, right, right. Yeah. 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 So, um, so, and maybe because of my mom, who was one of the best home cooks ever, um, I've been doing a lot of baking. Um, and, um, I'm minorly obsessed with baking various superhero muffins from the rise and run, you know, Elise Kopecky and Shalane Flanagan's mm-hmm. cookbook. And, um, like, I mean, I, I bake them on 
Sunday and by Tuesday morning, we're out of them. So I bake another batch on Tuesday. Yeah. 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 Are you, are you much of a baker? So I, I am not a big baker, but I actually do make a ton of superhero muffins. I have to say, and I know you, you mentioned, um, you know, that you've made the double chocolate banana before, Mm -hmm. um, that's become a new favorite of mine and in my household. Um, yeah. And I, and I do still, I do revert back to the, the OG superhero muffin quite a bit. Uh, they're just so simple and good. And you feel like you're packing in so much nutrition. Yeah. Um, so one, one thing that's been an adjustment here for both Audrey and I, because Audrey's more of a baker than I am, but, um, you know, altitude baking. Oh yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I used to, I remember as a kid, like I'd read on the, you know, when I would make things from a box and I'd read on the back, you know, yes. for elevation. And I'm like, yes. Oh, like an envision this life where you have to do this. So now you're living yes. that life. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's been hit or miss, Sarah. It's been hit or miss. <laughs> so, I mean, t- talk about what type of it, cause you have to change the temperature of the oven. Yes. I, I don't think you have to change. Well, so I just Googled it and looked it up okay. and there's like kind of a standard way to adjust. It's more of a, a matter of, um, I think it's like a little bit less like baking soda. If you have baking mm-hmm. soda in there and a little bit, uh, wait, let me think about how this goes a little bit more liquid. Like it's kind of the opposite of what you would think, but a little oh. bit more liquid, a little bit less of whatever sweetener you're using. So, Oh, I didn't yeah. know about the sweetener thing. That's intriguing. I know. I know. And there's a, there's an exact formula for doing it. And you know, I kind of just stopped following the formula and just kind of <laughs> eyeball it all at this point. So <laughs> I consider this. <laughs> and is it is it just because there's there's um you know less of a concentration of oxygen in the I atmosphere? Guess. I, I, I guess. I don't hmm. know. And the other thing, and I need to check this with like I need to put this out on Twitter sometime, but I need yes. to know the other thing that um seems to not work well for me here is popping popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) It is one of my very, very favorite snacks in the world. I love, I've got the old whirly pop. I, you know, I do. (laughs) You do not. You do. I do. And I keep burning the popcorn here though. So, and it just doesn't like puff up nice and fluffy. There has to be something to do with the elevation. There has to be. (laughs) Because I had it down to, you know, to you've lost your touch and you're I like, gonna, it's altitude. <laughs> but it's kind of raining on my parade because it's my favorite snack. So. <laughs> so I don't know. Oh my God. And, and maybe, uh, maybe our guests will be able to speak to that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So our guest today is Portland-based sports nutritionist. Her name is uh, Johanna Butler and she goes by the nickname Joe. Joe is also an elite runner for the women's active wear brand Wazelle. And Joe specializes in working with endurance athletes and hormonal health. And she approached us suggesting we talk about clean eating, quote unquote, clean eating. And some of the serious side effects folks can experience when they obsess about how healthy their food choices are. I mean, suffering from side effects like fatigue and burnout, injuries, poor performance. We're going to talk about all these things after this break when Joe joins us. Stay with us. Quality sleep. It's like speed or consistency. It's something we hardworking women runners strive for, yet it often eludes us. That's why I'm so pleased I found Zequel Pure Z's restorative herbal sleep and why you need to try it yourself. 
Zequel Pure Z's Restorative Herbal Sleep, yes, it's a mouthful of a product name, is a melatonin-free sleep supplement made with a botanical blend that contains clinically studied and effective valerian root, hops, and passion flower shown to help promote better restorative sleep. Did you catch that? Restorative sleep. For me, this means a deeper sleep that easily comes to me about an hour or so after I take two of the smooth blue tablets. Since I started taking Pure Z's a few months ago, there have been numerous nights where I've woken up to pee and felt so refreshed, I was sure it was moments before my alarm was set to go off. Nope, each time I still had more than half the night to sleep. Woo! You'll want to use Zequel Pure Z's Restorative Herbal Sleep for seven nights for best results as some people need to take the product longer to achieve optimal sleep benefits. I started noticing welcome bedtime effects in less than a week. Get Zequel Pure Z's Restorative Herbal Sleep at stores like Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Walmart, and Target, as well as in the swag packages of our upcoming Love Virtual Race program. And find out more at zequel.com. That's Z-Z-Z-Q-U-I-L.com. Oh, and because of the nature of this product, here's the disclaimer. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Zequel.com. Being a pet parent is a huge responsibility. Since our pets can't speak human, we do our best to understand what's going on, but knowing something's up with them and not understanding why is one of the greatest challenges of pet parenthood. Enter Fuzzy. Fuzzy is a telehealth service for pet parents that offers round-the-clock access to personalized pet care from veterinary professionals. From everyday questions to middle-of-the-night emergencies, Fuzzy has the answers pet parents' needs. Through live chat and virtual vet consultations available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, Fuzzy can answer your pet questions, big and small, urgent and every day. Fuzzy can also recommend the exact right products for your pet, all of which are handpicked by their established team of veterinary professionals and available at discounts exclusive to Fuzzy members. My teens fret a lot about the health of our bulldog and two cats. Our 16-year-old daughter, Daphne, has an especially tight bond with one of our cats, Leo, and she often peppers me with questions about, oh, I don't know, why Leo's left eye looks runny, or if we should be worried about Leo throwing up. Now Daphne live chats her questions on the Fuzzy app, and it gives us all peace of mind, and me, a bit of peace and quiet. Right now, Fuzzy is offering our listeners a free seven-day trial membership. Go to yourfuzzy.com slash AMR today to sign up. That's a free seven-day trial at Y-O-U-R-F-U-Z-Z-Y dot com slash AMR. And for a limited time, Fuzzy is also offering a special discount of $20 off any of your pet's product needs, pet meds, supplements, food, and more with promo code AMR. Today's guest extols the importance of a robust, well-rounded style of eating that includes three meals and two or three snacks. Thrive Market can help in striving for variety and healthy choices. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. Shop everything from ethically sourced pantry essentials to sustainable meat and seafood to non-toxic cleaning and beauty products. Inspired by this episode to search out new snack options or pre-run mini meals, you can search Thrive Market's website in myriad ways, including by categories like snack, or cereals and granola, or by values like keto, gluten-free, vegan, low-sugar, non-GMO, fair trade certified, and many more options. Each and every item is vetted by Thrive's high standards, so you get the highest quality products at the best price. And when you become a member, Thrive Market donates a membership to a family in need. Thrive Market has monthly or annual membership options to suit your lifestyle. And all that muffin baking I was talking about in the introduction... I get so many of the ingredients from Thrive Market, including a host of gluten-free flours like almond, oat, and coconut, as well as vanilla, chocolate chips, and nuts. Making several batches of muffins each week means I use up ingredients fast, so I really appreciate how quickly Thrive Market orders arrive on our doorstep. 
not to mention how much money I'm saving by shopping Thrive. Join today at thrivemarket.com AMR to get 40% off your first order and a free gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com AMR for 40% off your first order and a free gift. Welcome to the show, Joe, and thanks for reaching out. This is a topic I've wanted to cover for some time, so because um, I think it's just an insidious problem. So I really appreciated you stepping up and suggesting it. Oh, of course. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so Joe, uh, tell us a little bit about your running background, because it sounds like you're um, pretty high level and accomplished with it. Yeah, so I ran in college at a very small D2 school. We probably should have been D3, honestly. <laughs> um, I was decent, but not really great at that point. Um, Post-college, I took some time off and then got back into it with marathons, which is pretty funny because I was a 400, 800 meter runner in Mm. high school. Um, (laughs) That was my jam. But yeah, I started working with Ryan Hall in 2019, I believe, Um, and started working with him, ran grandmas in 2019, got an OTQ, and then started seeing some really cool improvements in my performance with him getting down to like a 1559 5k which was fun and um, yeah it's been a fun journey I enjoy it I run for Wazelle which has been really great nice nice and and, uh you need to define what OTQ is yes Olympic trials qualifier so I ran in the 2020 Olympic trials for the marathon that must have been thrilling it was so fun it was crazy yeah very nice and, and then tell us a little bit about your professional background as a sports nutritionist. And can you kind of explain to um, the listeners the difference between, you know, what a sports nutritionist is and, you know, like a quote unquote regular nutritionist is? Yeah, totally. So, yeah, I have a sports nutrition background specifically with precision nutrition. Um, I also have a kinesiology background. That was what my degree was in minored in nutrition, um, working specifically with sports nutrition. So this is something I like find so interesting with almost like every athlete I come into contact with is just nutrition changes so much with movement. And so many people don't realize this. So as like a general dietitian or nutritionist would work with people, they're really focusing on like the standard American. So what we think of people who aren't super healthy, who are sitting at a desk eight hours a day, maybe moving 30 minutes a day by like walking, but not generally super active or working towards like specific sports or performance goals. Um, Also general dietitians tend to be a little more specific within like diseases and controlling those as Mm -hmm. where sports nutritionists are going to be really specified towards athletes. Most of them have some sort of like gear towards a specific sport. For me, that's running. Um, but yeah, it, it can vary, but typically sports nutritionists are really working with athletes, working towards performance goals, not just trying to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Good, good. So, yeah. so Joe, please lay the groundwork. So what do you mean when you talk about quote unquote clean eating and in a nutshell, why can it have such a strong impact on various areas of people's health? Yeah. So I actually kind of hate that term. Mm. Um, clean eating, I feel like is thrown out a lot and it's pretty vague. Everyone has their own definition of clean eating. Um, you know, what I typically like to tell people is like nutritious eating, eating for your body or your performance. Um, but it is interesting that term has definitely manifested, I think a lot in people's minds as this like 
rigidy and like, I need to eat clean in order to be a good athlete where really in reality, you just need to eat to fuel your performance. Obviously whole foods, less processed foods are going to be better for that. But, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's very interesting that world to me and how people use that term is just all over the map. Some people may think that's a well-balanced diet. Other people are going to think, oh, that's vegetarian or vegan or eating no processed foods. Um, so yeah, I typically try to stay away from that term as I think there's a lot of like negative or restrictive connotations set with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. So I, so I have to ask kind of in the nature of full disclosure, like, have you had firsthand experience with your eating swinging too far in this kind of clean, healthy, possibly restrictive realm, if you don't mind me asking. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm a pretty open book when it comes to that. Yeah. In college, I definitely struggled with anorexia mm-hmm. and even orthorexia, which anorexia is basically starving yourself. Orthorexia is more of a, it's a more a new term, but it means being too clean or restrictive. Mm-hmm. Basically you're only allowing yourself to eat X, Y, Z foods and other foods are considered bad and you can't eat them in your diet. Um, yeah. And I mean, I'm thankful to be over the eating disorders, but of course, restrictive eating when you've ever struggled with it kind of follows you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy, even in stressful seasons, to lean towards that direction. Um, mm-hmm. So it's definitely something I'm constantly aware of. And as an elite athlete, <laughs> definitely have to stay on top of it mm-hmm. to make sure I'm eating enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Yeah. 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 I mean, definitely over the years of, uh, covering elite runners. I mean, I, I, I've noticed it's, it's so endemic, but, um, let's talk about this also in kind of, you know, the everyday athlete, you're at age group athlete, because it's not just at the elite levels, correct? Totally. Totally. Not just at the elite level. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it's interesting. I almost see it more in like everyday athletes that I work with that think they need to be restrictive or they need to eat super healthy in order to be a better athlete. And, Um, I think that is just a myth in the nutrition world and in the athletic world. Um, I would say about 90% of the people I talk with are probably under fueling. It's, it's crazy. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. It is. It is. And let's start talking a little bit then about what the side effects are from, um, you know, not just in their running life, but, you know, fatigue, burnout, you know, what are some of the symptoms, um, that, women should be looking for that might be cause for concern. Totally. Yeah. I definitely think, you know, a lot of, again, a lot of people don't realize this, but when you're under fueling and under eating and overtraining, there's a huge mental side to that. And I'm a huge mental advocate, um, just because I've seen it affect my own life and realize also, man, there's so much freedom when you overcome a lot of this stuff, but you know, things you can look out for, you're at an increased type for depression or anxiety, even mood swings, um, things like obviously fatigue, struggling to get up in the morning, lack of motivation. Um, and then like physical side effects where you're really struggling to work out and perform well, um, things like amenorrhea which is not having a period for three months or, you know, even irregular periods, which is super, super important for women and a whole plethora of reasons. Um, but also things like you're at an increased risk for, um, injury. So like things like stress fractures are really big sign that you're probably under fueling Mm because your body's not getting the nutrients it needs. Um, and that, that relates to menorrhea as well. So, um, bigger red flags there if, if both of those are happening, um, yeah, there's, there's a ton, the list goes on and on. 
And how do you think, you know, I, I just feel like everybody's so burnt out, especially um, one might say mothers or um, yeah. women, you know, being pushed to their limits by the pandemic and the restrictions and the lockdowns and the closed schools and all that stuff. I mean, so, so if someone's listening and being like, wow, some of these symptoms, that sounds like me, but how, how can we know that it's under fueling rather than just like pandemic burnout? Totally. Yeah. I think for one, like your mental health and your physical health go hand in hand. Um, this is one thing I always try to like emphasize with athletes that if your life is really stressful right now, like if you have a lot going on, for instance, we are in a global pandemic, mm-hmm. kids are at home, moms are working like three full-time jobs, essentially. Um, you know, that stress is going to affect your training as well. So, you know, if you are in a really high stress season, that's a really important time to like reel back on your training level, because if, you know, obviously if you're running and you're not meeting your nutritional needs, like you need to, like the, the easiest thing to do right there is to just cut back on running and then really focus on your nutrition. So things to be like aware of is just like, what is my current stress level right now? And, and how is that affecting my eating? You know, am I like skipping meals? Am I just so busy that I'm not aware of what's going on? Um, I know even for me, like I can get distracted in the middle of work, um, and just forget to eat. And so I think it's really important to be looking at the whole picture, like our nutrition, our stress, our mental and emotional health, all of that stuff goes hand in hand and it's all working together. So I think it's important to just you know, take a good perspective and look at what life is like and just realize like, Hey, do I need to pull back on something right now? Because my stress is so high and no matter what it is, you know, like it's totally okay. Like we all have seasons of ups and downs. So just remembering like this is not permanent, but it's obviously most important to take care of your health. So, you know, if you aren't under fueling, but feeling fatigued and burned out, like it may take, you know, some conscious effort to manage your stress. Um, and take some other practical steps in that area. Mm, very good. Yeah. So um, we, we've touched on this a little bit here, but I want to dive a little bit deeper. Um, you know, one of the negative impacts of an overly healthy or restrictive diet um, can be injury and um, both on a physical and mental level. So can you, can you just kind of dive in a little bit deeper with those two aspects? Uh, totally. Um, you know, for one, like if you're not eating enough and you're underfueled, you know, your mental health is going to go because your brain needs fuel to function. Um, also it's just going to make stress a lot higher. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize like underfueling increases cortisol. So your cortisol levels are going to be higher. And obviously cortisol are, is our stress hormone. So if that's high for extended periods of time, it's just going to wreak havoc on our lives. It's also going to make that recovery part harder too, which comes to injury as well, where, Um, when you're not taking care of these things, you're just at higher risk to get hurt. Um, for women in particular, if you're not like having a regular period, um, what happens is estrogen is responsible for carrying, uh, calcium to our bones. And so what happens there is if we're not getting that proper calcium, because estrogen is low, because we're not having a regular cycle, um, you're a really high risk for stress fractures. Um, and so I think that's really important. Like if we start losing bone mass in our twenties and thirties, um, it's, it's really important to take a good look at that and realize like, okay, well, I need to focus on this now because in your thirties is when you actually stop building bone mass. And so, um, it's really important that you maintain it and keep a healthy bone mass there. And then also just like 
if you're not fueling well, you're not recovering well, and therefore you are going to be a higher risk to pull a muscle or, you know, go too hard in a workout and end up actually tearing something. So it's just really important that fueling is really important to us recovering properly and making sure we get the most bang for our buck from workouts um, and preventing us from getting hurt. Mm-hmm. So I'm loving how you're using so many different terms to mean basically not eating enough. So yeah. you know, under eating, under fueling, that sort of thing. Could you kind of give a sense of what proper fueling for, let's say, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, a 40 year old woman who's, and I realize there's no blanket prescription for it, but you know, someone who, uh, uh, you know, uh, somebody who enjoys running and is out there, I don't know, putting in 20 miles a week yeah. and maybe doing some strength training a couple other days, you know, maybe tossing in some yoga, whatever. Totally. Um, yeah. Again, there's no, like you said, there's no blanket statement there. Like it's all over the map, depending on how much you run even like your metabolism stage in life. Um, but some principles that I always like to share are first off, you should be eating five to six times a day. If mm. you're active, this is really important because it helps manage blood sugar, which helps so many things, including balancing our hormones, but it also prevents those crashes in the afternoon. So if you're, you're used to getting that 3 PM crash, um, it could be that you're just not eating frequently enough. Mm. Um, also eating before and after you work out, that's super important as well. Um, I can go really deep into this, but that's an important principle, you know, eating a well-balanced diet. I think for a lot of women, it's, it's hard to get in enough protein in our diet. We kind of like stray away from that. Mm-hmm. And that's super important for recovery, especially post-workout, um, making sure you get in adequate protein there. So you're recovering properly. Um, and for women too, women need more fat than men. This is super important for hormones, whatever season you're in. Um, we require adequate fat intake. And so making sure, you know, you're getting a little bit of fat at each meal, high quality fats like avocado, coconut olive oil, grass-fed butter, things like that. Um, and you know, like if you're hungry, eat, <laughs> that's your body's <laughs> way of communicating with you. So I really believe the body was made to communicate and like, tell us what we need. So that even comes down to like cravings. If you're craving something, like I tell my athletes, if you're craving a burger, there's a reason for that. Your body's probably like really hungry from some solid protein and fat. And it's just like, Hey, give it to me. So listen to those things. Your body's trying to let you know what it needs. Mm, mm. Yeah. I remember reading that when I was pregnant in some, you know, book that I devoured as a, you know, first time pregnant woman about saying that if you have a uh, craving, you know, listen to it, that it's, it's your, you know, it's, it's actually saying something. Totally. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So one practice that just pains me to hear is when a runner talks about earning calories or some post-run treat, So, so, you know, I'm no nutritionist, but that seems to me like a step down a slippery slope. Very much. So I, I agree a hundred percent. Um, you never have to earn your calories. Food is fuel and you should be able to enjoy it. Like anything, anything can be utilized as fuel, even if it's not the most healthy thing out there, it's still important. And, you know, a big thing too, I have found is balance is really key, especially for sustainability. So making sure you're not restricting certain foods, like as soon as you tell yourself, no, there's a psychological factor that's hitting into play in your brains. Like all that's it's thinking about is that thing you said no to. So there even becomes that side of things where you start obsessing over things. Um, And it also makes it hard. Like, I think one of the important things to remember is 
as soon as you say no, once you let yourself have those things, it's really hard to stop because you're just like, whoa, this is awesome. I haven't had this in so long. And so self-control kind of goes out the window. And so I just always encourage people. I'm like, if you like French fries, eat French fries. Maybe not every single meal every day, but it's a-okay to have some French fries when you're wanting them. Um, you know, so those things like that seem taboo, it's really important to allow yourself to have them. Um, because for one, you enjoy them and they are still fuel and you don't have to earn those calories. Um, because you're a human being who needs them. And, um, two, it's just like, it, it's so much better for your mental health to let yourself have them. Yeah. I just, I just have to interject and then we'll go back to questions. But one of my very favorite days recently was I did this big, huge gargantuan hike. And when we were finished, we sat down with beer and a plate of French fries and it was Nirvana. So, so yeah. great, right? <laughs> yes. So anyway, back to script. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, it's so awesome. Um, well that kind of, you know, feed dovetails into, I know you have a theory, Joe, of all food fits. Yeah. 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 I, I use that all the time. Cause again, I work with a lot of people who are pretty restrictive. Um, and all foods, again, they're, they're a fuel, like a cookie can be, <laughs> used for energy, like a burger with greasy French fries is again, used for energy. And it's, it's there not just to fuel you, but also to enjoy. Um, food is essential to our lives and it's also cultural. It brings us together with people. Um, it allows us to connect. You sit around a table and talk with people and build relationships around food. That stuff is really important. And I think we often overlook that, that like, we just want food to be just fuel and it goes so far beyond that. And so reminding yourself like, yes, this food is going to fuel me and all of that, but it's also like, I want to enjoy time with friends and saying no to things really limits that. And if you've, you know, ever seen someone who struggled with an eating disorder, you will like one of the tall tale signs is they isolate and they'll stop doing things with friends because mm -hmm. they're afraid of those social settings. And that stuff is so important. Um, it's so important, mm -hmm. uh, for building relationships, for your mental health, for your emotional health, that stuff is, is beautiful. So, um, making sure like, Hey, all foods can fit in your diet, even if they're not perfect. It's, it's totally fine. And in fact, encouraged in many ways. Love that. So in your Instagram feed, you reassure people who are concerned about gaining weight that you frequently see runners who learn to properly fuel actually lose weight. Can you kind of explain why that is? Totally. Okay. So this is important to remember Anytime your body has been chronically underfueled, your body's going to go into somewhat of a protective state. For a lot of women, this manifests again in amenorrhea because it shuts down our reproductive system because our body consider, considers it non-essential. Um, but often too, what it will do, it will store extra fat. And so if it's not getting the energy it needs, it's going to do everything it can to keep what it has because it's afraid of being deprived. Um, it's our body's way of surviving essentially. And so it's been really fun, um, working with people and they actually start eating more and they're like, wow, Joe, I'm actually losing fat. And it's because their body is working more efficiently. Mm -hmm. Um, and their body's also not holding on to things it doesn't need because it's being fed adequately. And so mm -hmm. it works in a much better way. 
your fat is then utilized as it should be. It's not stored to be protective. Um, this doesn't happen to everyone. I think that's really important to be clear. If you're like severely underweight, um, it's probably not going to be the case, but for a lot of people who are like, oh man, I'm really struggling to lose that last like 10 pounds that I know I can, I could lose when they actually start eating enough and eating adequately, they start shedding that extra little weight. It's pretty, it's pretty cool what the body can do. Yeah, for sure. So another topic um, that I think we should touch on is the, the never ending debate about should you eat before a run fast before a run, you know, what works. So tell us your opinion on, on, you know, if, or, or, you know, if, or, or not, I guess that women should eat before a workout and, and share some quick and easy options for doing that. Totally. Um, I, when, when it comes to women, I would say hundred percent eat before you run. Um, men have a little more leeway there, but women with our reproductive hormones, um, it's super, super important. We eat before you run. There's a book called roar. If you're interested on that, mm -hmm. that kind of mm -hmm. dives more into that. Um, but yeah, especially for hormonal health, it's super important to eat before you run. So our bodies aren't deprived, um, when they hit that run. Cause like I was saying earlier, again, the body will go into a protective state, even if it's being fueled at with enough calories, um, if you're not eating before you run for women, what it might, it could shut down your reproductive system. And so, um, good examples to eat. I tell people even like two to 300 calories before you run, depending on your stomach. Um, <laughs> some people can eat like 30 minutes before you run. That's me. I've trained my stomach to get used to that. Some people need like two hours. Um, especially if you eat a larger meal, you may want longer, but oats and nut butter with like some maple syrup is always a great option. Toast with nut butter and like a banana would be an awesome option. Um, I personally love bagels. That's my go-to sometimes. Like if it's early enough, I'll eat it with a couple eggs and make a sandwich. Um, but even like you're, you're kind of thinking, I want to pair some carbs with a little bit of protein and fat is okay. As long as your stomach can handle it, but you don't want a ton of fat before you run just because it's so slow digesting that it can kind of upset the GI system. Um, but yeah, so, you know, whatever works best for you. I know some people who have like really like troublesome stomachs will do something as simple as like, they'll grab an electrolyte supplement, like sword or scratch and pair it with like a honey steamer waffle or something. So you can keep it as simple or as complex as you want, but something at least two to 300 calories before you run is super important. And do you think people just, they, they either have kind of an iron stomach or they don't, or do you think there are things that people can kind of train their body slowly over time to be able to, to eat before a run? Yeah. Yeah. It takes time. <laughs> um, my biggest suggestion there is you can definitely train it, but take it, start with your easy days. Um, mm. like for instance, if you're used to, going on your long run, you eat two hours before, maybe on an easy run, you try like a shorter, easy day. You try like eating like an hour before you run and build up to it. Like, don't do anything crazy. Take your time. Um, <laughs> but this is something we always emphasize with athletes is like your stomach can be trained. It's the muscle, like everything else. Mm. Um, it just takes time to do it. And some people can do it quicker than others. I do think some people have a stronger stomach, um, but every single athlete can train their stomach. Just take small baby steps. Don't like go from, I'm used to not eating before I run to eating like 15 minutes before I head out the door. <laughs> not your wisest, your wisest choice there, but yeah, totally. 
And maybe uh, plan your route so it has a couple porta potties or gas stations, 7 Elevens on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, always wise. <laughs> we just put out a call recently for uh, TMI moments that uh, we want to, <laughs> instance, that we want to share on Instagram. And oh my gosh, I, I, I mean, I must have chuckled for 15 minutes reading through them. I, oh, mean, that's awesome. I mean, the people who shared them were laughing at themselves too, but oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, as our social media person uh, wrote in an email when, when they got sent out, she just wrote back, so much poop. <laughs> that's the runner's thing that's the runner's thing uh, yeah exactly exactly wow. yeah 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 that and period on race days yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so sort of along the line of you know small 200 to 300 um calorie things um on your instagram feed and website you give great advice along with some gorgeous photos about snacking yeah. Can you give us some pointers on how to make snacks work in our favor? Yeah. So this is another area where I like people to kind of broaden their horizons and think of snacks being like small meals. So they're mm -hmm. not just going to be, obviously a protein bar can be helpful and useful at appropriate times. I'd much rather you eat that than eat nothing at all. Um, but I do like people to think of snacks. Like I want to try to get a balance of carbs, proteins, and fats. So you know, a great example of that would be like Greek yogurt, like whole fat Greek yogurt with a little granola on top. Super easy. You're getting some high quality protein from that Greek yogurt and some fat, and then getting some simple carbs from that granola. Um, even like dried fruit and nuts. Um, I always like fruit is my go-to with snacks. So like sometimes I'll just even grab a piece of fruit and even make it like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich um, to get something a little more substantial, but you can keep it simple. You can also like, I love things like hummus um, with veggies or even adding a little cheese. Cheese mm. is not the enemy. I love cheese. Mm, love cheese too. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, just thinking of snacks is more of like, more than just like, I'm just going to grab a bar or I'm just going to grab a piece of fruit. Try to think of them as like small little meals that are, you know, convenient and easy, but also like more complex than just a protein bar, just a piece of fruit. Mm -hmm. I, I love milk. Um, yeah. I, I know there's, um, you know, some people who think that's wrong that humans drink cow milk, but, uh, <laughs> uh, um, but, uh, but there's whole industries that survive on us doing that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, what some, so sometimes in the afternoon when I have something that's a little quicker to grab, then I'll be like, oh, I'll just pour myself a glass of, you know, 1%, yeah. 2% milk, whatever we got. Totally. totally. Okay. And that's great. Cause you're getting carbs and protein in that. And it's so, and like a little bit of fat as well. So it's like, Milk is actually a super powerful tool for athletes. Okay. I love it. I just love milk. Well, put, put a uh, ice cube in it. Are you gagging, Amanda? Or are you saying no? Yeah, no, I, that, that sounds like the absolute last thing I would ever reach for. Really? I mean, day to day, but also in particular before run, that just sounds awful. But oh, I mean, before a run, that would be pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, no, not before run, because that also then makes me be phlegmy for the whole run. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. But, you know, kind of two, three in the afternoon. 
Um, oh, you know, uh, ice cube Sarah too. Oh, wait, what's that? What? The ice cube part. Oh. <laughs> oh, gotta have the ice. Gotta have the ice cubes. Oh. <laughs> I will even at a restaurant. I'm surprised you haven't seen me do this, Amanda. At a restaurant, you know, if we um have like if I have a good dessert or something, and I'll be like, yes, can I have a glass of uh, milk with an ice cube in it, please? Uh, <laughs> oh, that's so good. Youngest child right here. Woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so um Joe, winding up the nutrition talk, why don't you tell us what you've got on your race calendar for this year? Yeah, so my biggest race this year is growing a baby. So I'm kind of focused oh, on that right oh, now. That's exciting. Oh. Yes, yes. So I'm focused on that. I'll probably come back to racing in 2023. Um, but right now just trying to stay healthy and, and take care of that little one growing inside of me. Oh, that's so what exciting. You, you, you didn't share that news with me. Thank, congratulations. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Yeah, when are you due? I do in August. So beginning of August, August 3rd. Nice. Okay. Sharing the news yeah. with us. Yeah, Thank that's you. so exciting. Yeah. I'm yeah. so excited. I'm yeah. so excited. Yeah. So. Well, well, maybe the, you know, we'll have to have you on again and, um, you can, you know, postpartum and you can tell us about, uh, running while pregnant and coming back. Yes. And, yeah. 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 And, and definitely the next time you're going to be in studio. Cause yes. I, I do love having an in-studio. Oh, that'd be guys. awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Good. Good. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Joe. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. That's so exciting. I can't believe she saved the big news for last. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And Amanda, it's so funny. You and I, uh, despite being very different people, we do have a lot of similarities, but we have found a dividing line. (laughs) Milk. milk. (laughs) (laughs) We part our ways there. (laughs) We still have JFK Jr. though. (laughs) That's right. There will always be JFK Jr. (laughs) Oh my goodness. All right. Well, um, we hope you enjoy this podcast. And if so, please write a quick review of our show and leave a rating, preferably a five-star one, please, please. Uh, Wherever you get your podcast ratings and reviews truly help other runners find our show, including possibly a listener I connected this week on Twitter. Get this, Amanda. This woman named Barbara who lives on the Falkland Islands. I read her bio. She is a sixth generation Falkland Islander. I hope I'm using the the correct term. Um, So that was just amazing to me to think that this show goes out to someone truly on the other end of the world. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. So please help other women like Barbara find our show um, by leaving a rating. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Mm